0: Hey everybody! This is Chris Bat from the Max and Tony Show. Tony and Max are in Paris, France, while Tony is filming the second season of Patriot. Before he left, he recorded a couple of short stories for you. This is one of my favorites.
1: This is from my book Dime Stories. It's called Atlantic City. Everything dies, baby. That's a fact. But maybe everything that dies someday comes back. Put your makeup on. Fix your hair up pretty and meet me tonight in Atlantic City. Bruce Springsteen, Atlantic City, 1982. There used to be a huge set piece in the Greenpoint neighborhood in Brooklyn. It's right on the water, and from a distance it looked a bit like a palace of some kind or an urban mirage. It was used for the set of Boardwalk Empire, the hugely entertaining tale of Prohibition era Atlantic City that was on HBO. It starred Steve Buscemi as Enoch Nucky Thompson, who is based on a real-life politico and racketeer of the 20s. It is a thinly-veiled fiction and is filled with a lot of very good actors doing some of the best work of their careers, most notably Dabney Coleman and Williams Forsyth, playing a couple of homicidally despicable sons of bitches. And the great Chicago actor Michael Shannon is a prohibition agent with a bad case of Jesus. The plotline was dense and rewarding and historically somewhat accurate, even though it claims always to be fictional. About the third season, it suggests a certain thought. If the, only the real Atlantic City were still somewhat like this. The first time I ever went to Atlantic City, I was struck by the sheer polarities of the landscape. Donald Trump had just built a huge, glittering, obscenely but ugly casino there called the Taj Mahal. And directly across the street was the most austere poverty I'd ever seen in America. The people of New Jersey had been sold that casino gambling cultural band-aid. And you can damn near forgive them. It was 1978, and Atlantic City had to do something. And like the saying goes, a drowning man will grab a snake. Casino gambling was supposed to be the cure all for schools, jobs, and housing for the Jersey Shore. What it did in reality was provide a lot of shitty service industry jobs or make work jobs and open the door for organized crime to come in and loot the profitable elements slots, dealers, food concessions, linen services, and garbage collection, to name a few. Atlantic City was a shithole with casinos. To his credit, our former governor, Patrick Quinn, never fell for that for Illinois. Perhaps he had visited Atlantic City and seen this fool's errand for what it was, another industry that preys on the poor. Perhaps he he took measure of that city's sad entropy and decided it was not for us. Good for him, bless him. We avoided this. Anyone with eyes could not miss the joylessness of this enterprise on the boardwalk. Every day buses full of geriatrics would pull up from New York and Philly and North Jersey and wheelchair-bound old blue-haired ladies would pile off them with their jars of nickels and quarters and play the slots for a few hours. It wasn't sexy like Vegas, and unlike Vegas, nobody in Jersey knew how to smile. It was a city of gray, desultory old people limping through the sequential lights or young men in SUVs packing nines in their waistbands, plowing the crack trade in or around the boardwalk. Speeding down Ventnor and Atlantic Avenues while being chased by squad cars and blaring rap music. But boy, what had it had once been. Like Coney Island, it was one of those places that where the playful American imagination took hold—a P.T. Barnum type of place, complete with spectacle and architectural curiosities like Lucy, the six-story elephant ensconced on the 9200 block of Atlantic Avenue. Kind of a knockoff of the one on Coney Island, except till this day, a lot of local boosterism and fundraising. It still stands, like a Looney Tunes Trojan horse for the American promise. The spoils of new gambling fortunes in Atlantic City were bitterly fought over by the Jersey-filling New York mafias. The chicken man in Bruce Springsteen's sad, beautiful, and elegiac song that bears that city's name was Philip Testa, a Philadelphia gangster who tried to muscle in along with the Bracco family in New Jersey and the New York outfits turf. They blew his house up with him in it. Casino gambling breathed new life into the organized crime of the East Coast including the nascent Russian mob who quickly took over the street trades of drugs and guns and prostitution. The Italians had gambling, garbage, and labor, still, after all these years, the best things to have. Boardwalk Empire also generated a new interest in the place. A lot of the boardwalk was being renovated into old-timey amusement-themed places, and they will no doubt fuck it up. My favorite images of Atlantic City come from an early 80s Louis Malle film that starred Burt Lancaster in the best role of his life and a ripe pert Susan Sarandon who at one point squeezes lemons all over her delightfully naked upper body to rid herself of the scent of seafood from shucking oysters whilst Lancaster surreptitiously watches. The look on his face is one of Sadness, regret, and animal longing. A few scenes later, Lancaster is trying to explain this place to a young idiot wannabe coke dealer. As they are walking down the boardwalk, Lancaster resplendent in a wintry white overcoat and a fedora, suddenly stops and looks the punk in the face and says, see that ocean kid now 30 years ago? That was something, that was an ocean. The dopey kid doesn't understand this, but at this point, we sure do. It was, at one time, Atlantic City, this paradise on the boardwalk, this was a place of dreams. Lancaster remembers because he now knows that he is this dream's last faithful inhabitant. Well, everything dies, baby, that's a fact. Someday comes back. Put your on, your hair and make me an
0: That's a wrap on episode 19 for the Max and Tony Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're sponsored by Forbidden Root Beer at 1746, West Chicago Avenue. A big shout out to Park Walk Productions, home of the Max and Tony Show. If you get some time, you should go to Adventureland Gallery and, of course, the Dime Showroom at 1513 Northwestern. They've always got some great art hanging. And, oh, my God, you could check out Tony Fitzpatrick's art while you're there. If you need access to past episodes or you want to get in contact with us here at the podcast, be sure to check out our newly minted website, maxandtonyshow.com Tune in next week for episode number 20. We'll see you then.